All right, Brain. You don't like me, and I don't like you. But let's just do this, and I can get back to killing you with beer. You are now tuned into the Better Fantasy Bureau podcast. podcast. This place is an untapped resource. With your host, Flex and Bliss. You must think I'm pretty stupid. I'm dangerous. I'm very, very dangerous. And Charlie Chase. You're very good, you. You're goddamn right, you is. For the everyday fantasy sports player. You just blew my mind. Now, I am going to teach some kids a lesson. They're a bunch of f***ing amateurs. And now, on with the show, Party People. Party people. Good morning, party people. What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up? Wake up! Wake up! Wake up! It is now your man, Fifty Grand Flex hit list, and once again, just your man, Fifty Grand Flex hit list here for another solo flex hit list show here for the Better Fantasy Bureau, and here and back in Gotham Podcast Studios. I'm doing a solo show in Gotham Podcast Studios, which is a first for me. Hasn't happened yet, and uh, these solo shows aren't um, like my choice. That I know you guys, a lot of you guys out there that don't know me, especially for the guys that do know me, you know I talk a lot. I love to talk. I don't mind talking. And uh, these, these solo shows aren't, like I said, my choice. It's just things happen. You know, Charlie, unfortunately, uh, had something that came up, and he couldn't make it today. Things happen. Like I said, this is not our paying job yet. But that's why we're here, and that's why we do it. Well, we do it because we love it. And to hopefully grow it into something of a paying job, something that grows into a career, something where my wife could quit her job. And that's what I'm hoping to do in there while I'm here. Um, but yeah, you know, so another solo show with me, which I'm sure some of you guys are pretty pissed off about that. And some of you guys may be happy about that. It's, if you're upset about it, sorry, not sorry. It is what it is. But the show must go on at all times. The show must be consistent. It's Tuesday. It's the waiver wire day. And that's what's important when it comes to fantasy football is the decisions that you make on the waiver wires. And you only have Tuesday to put in your claims and who's worth it and who's not. And uh, that's why we have to do these Tuesday shows. And then we do them early, especially, you know, I started a new job, by the way. I started a job at the Metropolitan Museum of Art. I work in the warehouse. But uh, so, yeah, you know, I got to be at work on time and I don't want to mess up my new job. So here we are. And it's a sad day. And it's sad because uh, to, to get a little bit serious about something about, um, I know, you guys all heard yesterday the big news. A lot of you should have heard. My wife brought it to my attention when she texted to me because she was sure that I would have known that Stan Lee passed away yesterday. And that is upsetting for me. And I was legit upset. I was legit upset yesterday because I am a huge Marvel guy, as you guys all know. If you've ever seen one of our YouTube shows, you'll see in the beginning it says Marvel Geek slash Gamer. <clears throat> and... uh Marvel Comics has been a big, big part of my life. And Stan Lee, the guy with his imagination, his creations, his thoughts, and and everything that he brought to life has built and molded so many childhoods out there. And not even so many childhoods, so many adult lives too. People that were late in the game and then only knew about Marvel because of the MCU or really got into Marvel because of the MCU which is, of course, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and they didn't read the comics as a kid or whatever the case may be, but so many lies that he's affected this guy. And so many uh, just just people that he's, that he's touched. And, you know, and, and for him, the way he molded my life, was, Spider-Man especially, was such a big part of my life as a kid. Now, to give you one reason, too, um, I guess to get a little bit more personal about me, if you guys don't know, I was, like I said, I was raised by my grandmother. My parents had me when they were very, very young. 
My mother was 19. My father was 20. They were very young. It was the 80s. Things happened. And unfortunately, of course, my parents, uh, they split up. And then my grandmother decided to take, to take care of me because they, they thought it was the best place for me. For my grandmother, you know, she was more financially stable than my parents. She had more of a, you know, of a st- structural home to give me. And she raised me. And then on the weekends, I would spend with my father. And uh, every weekend when I would go with my father, we would go to an Optimo. That's at least what I called it. It's just a little regular corner store. And he would always buy me a comic book. It's just one, things, one of the things I used to do with my father every single weekend when I did see him. And he used to always buy me a comic book. And then when the first guy, he's always just for some reason, I was always drawn to Spider-Man. And because of the fact that I knew that every weekend I was going to get a comic book, it just meant more to me. The same thing with movies. Now, my father is one of those guys that uh, he's he's late for everything. And usually I am, too. My, my punctuality has gotten better since I got married. But I'm, I'm my punctuality wasn't always great, always throughout my life. And everybody knows me. know that's true. And my father was always late for everything except for a movie. He was always on time for a movie. God forbid he was late for a movie. He was late for Thanksgiving. He was late for Christmas. He'll be late for his own funeral, my father. But God forbid if he was late for a movie... And that's another reason why movies are also so important to me. And I'm such a giant movie buff. You know, anybody that talks movies with me knows I could talk about that for hours. And um, so we were never late for movies. And we used to always buy me a comic book. So then those are like two big reasons why movies and comic books were always big to me. Because there was something close that I had my father that, you know, didn't, uh, was, didn't raise me as far as because my grandmother raised me. So, yeah. So Stanley passed away. And I, and, and I remember uh, my... One of my closest friends, Sean Tolan, shout out to him. He um, sent me a message about Spider-Man being his favorite. No, Spider-Man's a big favorite of mine. Just want to read you guys a quote about Stanley that he wrote. And he says, I used to be embarrassed because I was just a comic book writer while other people were building buildings, bridges, sorry, were building bridges or going on to medical careers. And then I began to realize entertainment is one of the most important thing in people's lives. Without it, they might go off deep or go off the deep end. I feel that if you're able to entertain, you're doing a good thing. And and that is true. And then reading that, that makes me a little bit sad and happy at the same time. Because he really did like touch a lot of people's lives. He entertained a lot of lives, you know, and, and just the, the creations of the characters that he made and the way it just like spider webbed out and branched out into d- different worlds. It's, it's, you know, every kid that wanted to be a superhero and created their own superheroes and drew up their own costumes and made up their own names and made up their own villains and wanted to do something, like, it has a lot to do with Stan Lee and his creations, and uh, it's upset. It's upsetting, and it's sad, and I guess that's why it's a rainy day in New York. Anyways, moving on. So today's episode was supposed to be a non-fantasy football episode. Um, like I said, unfortunately, something came up with Charlie, and he couldn't make it. And we're, and I'm still gonna try to make it my best to be a non fantasy football episode to talk about topics because we are the Better Fantasy Bureau, and we're gonna be talking a little bit about everything. We're gonna be talking, you know, about basketball. We're gonna be talking about baseball and hockey, MMA, and just everything that's going on in the world in general, and sports in general. I'm giving you fantasy fantasy advice in general. But there's one thing I want to talk about, and since we're going into, we're, we're you know, basketball season is on the way. Nick's season's already over. <laughs> it was over before it started. But I guess to talk a little bit more about basketball, just to take a break from football for a second. I mean, I know we're, we're almost at the playoffs. We're getting there. And we're giving you guys a lot of top, a lot of information to try to what's best to move on to your playoffs. 
But we're going to take a break. And then, of course, as always, we're going to give you the waiver wires, um, the updates and who to get on the waiver wire and all of that. But to talk about basketball a little bit, and I guess a way to bridge it out, is I'm going to talk about something that, that a lot of you that don't know me, a lot of you guys that don't know me, are gonna, I'm going to explain why too. And a lot of you that do know me know I do not like LeBron James. I am not a LeBron James fan, and I'm going to explain why. By the way, don't for, um, always always remember, do not forget to always follow us on our Instagram at BFB Podcast and on our Twitter at Podcast BFB. But to talk about basketball and talk about LeBron James a little bit, who, listen, not for nothing, I'm, not, I'm still not going to argue it, even though he's having those bad free throws that he's been taking lately and he's not doing that well with the Lakers and Lakers aren't doing well. He's still the greatest basketball player in the world. And he's still the greatest basketball player of this generation. Now, of course, my generation was Michael Jordan. And the generation before me is arguably, you know, like Larry Bird's and uh, Magic Johnson's, Will Chamberlain's. These are all arguable. Robert Parrish. But the greatest basketball of this generation is LeBron James. I am never denied that. I never denied his greatness. When he first came into the NBA and when he first started in Cleveland, I was a LeBron James fan. There's not a position on the floor this guy can't play. I don't need to tell you all that. You guys already know all that about LeBron James and his greatness and what he could do with the ball, off the ball, for his team and everything like that. He could get a coach fired because he's just that good. But I do not like LeBron James. I am a basketball coach myself, and I tell my kids that they are only allowed to wear one piece of LeBron James apparel. Granted, if they're sneakers, they're sneakers. All right, whatever. Can't tell them no. But they're only allowed to wear one piece of LeBron James apparel for the season. Now, obviously, I don't really kick them out for it. But, you know, I just say that nonetheless because I do not like LeBron James's. how do I say this nice without really cursing, without really sounding too vulgar? In a sense, I think he's a punk. Now, that's just my personal opinion. And here in Sports Radio, everybody has their personal opinion. And people like, and, you know, people say, like, oh, you know, Flex, you know, you want to grow the better fantasy bureau. You shouldn't talk about a guy like LeBron James like that. You know what? But at the same time, I should because I want to be honest. I want to stay honest. All right, this is the same reason why I, you know, even if I had a chance, I could never work for a radio station, a commercial radio station, like let's say something like Hot 97, something, you know, I support a lot of DJs there, of course, but I, I could never personally work for a radio station like that. I never was given the opportunity, but even if I had the opportunity, I never could because I don't support that mainstream music. I'm an underground kind of hip-hop kind of guy. I like my, I, you know, I like Common, Tribe Called Quest, Natural Elements, anything from the Lyricist Lounge, you know, um, Most Deaf. The other day I was listening to Cutting Linguist, you know, at Jurassic 5. So I couldn't support that kind of music on Hot 97, so I would never be able to work for a station like that. Like, I can't be able to interview somebody like Migos and tell them, yeah, yo, the new album's fire. I can't say that. So, I, I, you know, I'm not saying I would never interview LeBron James, but I can't stand here and I can't ever say that my, what, I, what I don't believe in. And I do believe he's a punk, and I'll tell you the reasons why I believe he's a punk, because of the simple fact, number one, it wasn't so much because of the decision when he went to Miami. I mean, like, the, the how he did the decision. Because a lot of people don't like him because of how he did the decision. The big televised thing and everybody watching. You know what? At the end of the day, I don't mind that because you are LeBron James and you are the biggest, you know, especially at that time. That was, like, one of the most biggest things going on in basketball. Everybody wanted to know. So if you wanted to make everybody watch it, I'm not mad about that. What I am mad about is that he went to Miami with Dwayne Wade in, like, his prime. Also, Chris Bosh in his prime. 
So you went to one of the greatest shooting guards at the time in the NBA and one of the greatest big men in the NBA at the time. You had to go there. You had to go to Wade County. I get it. Understandable thing. Oh, but he wasn't getting no help. He wasn't getting no help. I get it. You know, oh, Jordan had Pippen. I get it. But you still went, you know, to one of the, it, it wasn't necessarily just a your title. It wasn't a title that you brought them. It was a title that you guys brought. I mean, come on. We, all, we, we can't say Kevin Durant won himself a title now, can we? So then that's how it first started with me. I was like, you know, I thought it was a punk move. I thought it was a punk move that you went to somebody else's team and then, you know, to, 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 to just get like an easy win like that. I thought it was a punk move. Then what I thought was even more of a punk move was the cramps. He got carried off the court. All right, listen, I get it. Cramps hurt. All right? LeBron James is a way stronger man than I am. I'm a strong guy, but LeBron James is way stronger than me. He's way bigger than me. I'm sure in a fight, he'll probably more than likely win. Probably. I'm not going to let my pride admit too much of that. Now, the thing is, still, you are the greatest basketball player in the world. The whole world is watching you. This is the NBA Finals. And you catch a cramp. And you're going to allow yourself to be the best player in the world and you want the world to see you get carried off? Now, I'm not saying LeBron James has a lot of heart. He shows he has a lot of heart a lot of times. But that, to me, was heartless. That thing right there. I'm hurt. I'm not going to let people carry me off. The whole world is watching me. I got to bring another championship. I got to be the man. For a cramp? Kobe tore his Achilles, took two free throws, and walked off. Karan Butler, Karan Butler, when he was playing for the Wizards, he was, I forgot what late night show it was. He was on a late night show. I believe it was like David Letterman or something. And his kneecap said one time in a game popped up to like his thigh was off. And he said at the time, where, where, where the city that he was in, I forget where he's from, but, you know, I was a fan of Karan Butler when he was in the league. He said he had family he knows in the, in the, in the stands that night. And what he do, he just grabbed his knee. He popped it right back in. He pushed his kneecap down, got up and walked off because they said they had to bring the stretcher out. And he said, there's no way I'm letting my family watch me getting carried off this court right now. I'm worried. One of the guys from the Dallas Stars in hockey died. Like, technically, literally died in the seats, on the bench. They revived him. He woke up and he said, his coach, when am I going back in? I know you got to be a different kind of animal to play hockey. I get that. But still, it's 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 the fact that all these other more serious injuries and cramps. I get it. A cramp could really hurt, but could it hurt that bad where it hurts the greatest player in the world to be carried off? Not once, but twice during the NBA Finals. I don't understand that. And listen, I know that it happened to Paul Pierce too. But Paul Pierce was never known as the greatest player in the world. He's not going to get all this scrutiny against him. I And I listen, I don't know what I would be able to do if I had that many eyes watching me. I don't know what it's like to go through that pressure. I don't understand it. Now, I could make my opinions about it because I'm not involved in it. But maybe if I ever, you know, get to a level where I ha- where we bring this up, when we, you know, when we bring this up and we get more fame, maybe I'll understand a little more or whatever the case may be, and I'll speak differently about it. But because I'm only speaking on what I know right now and how I feel right now, I don't think I could ever allow that. 
The whole world's watching me. And like I said, when you know, when, when LeBron James flops, everybody flops. We just don't see it because not everybody's LeBron James. Not everybody's the greatest player in the world. You know the world is watching you. Now, he hasn't been in the news for really anything else. Like, like say, like Odell Beckham you know, Jr. type of things, which is great. That's fine. That's very good about that. But I don't respect the fact that he was carried off the court like that. And then, this is where it gets worse for me. This is where it really like pushes over the edge for me. His return to Cleveland. This guy just got smacked. Smacked and beat up and embarrassed and destroyed by the San Antonio Spurs in the finals. They smacked them up. And then he decides, you know what? I got my two championships. And, you know, I got my rings. Let me now rebuild my image because I I know I'm looked as the bad guy. So let me rebuild my image and have somebody write this nice letter, apology letter or whatever it is, this, you know, returning back letter that he had that everybody knows about. Have somebody write it up for me. Put it out there and then go back to Cleveland and get Cleveland a championship because let me be, let me just rebuild my image. That's what it was to me. And that's how I saw it. So you left Cleveland when they couldn't give you no help. All right, I get that. But you went to go play with one of the best shooting guards and one of the best power forwards. And then when that team lets you down and then they beat up, they beat you up and then the Spurs beat you up and then they let you down that team. Oh, you know, I'm going to leave you too. And let me go back to Cleveland. Oh, and you didn't know? That Kevin Love was going to that team that already had Kyrie Irving? You didn't know that that was going to – I maybe you didn't. I don't believe you didn't. I'm pretty sure you did. I can't prove that. But this is my opinion. Now my, I, that, this is why I don't respect – I'm not going to say respect. This is why I don't like, like LeBron James. This is why I, I do not like LeBron James. You left Cleveland to go to one of the strong to, – to, to go to a powerhouse team. Then you got, you know, you're getting your cramps and you're getting carried off the team. No, you're the best player in the NBA. You suck it up and you walk it off. I don't care how bad you're hurt. Unless your leg is completely broken, walk it off. You're the best player in the NBA. All right? You know, I've had plenty of times. We have plenty of times where, you know, me and my friends, we have sprained ankles. You know, or or, or we're hurt really bad and we're bleeding. We're not getting carried off, not, not, not most of the times. And then you go and then this team lets you down to Miami Heat and then you want to go back to Cleveland and rebuild your image. Now, go move to the Lakers. I don't understand why he did that. I really thought it was, and I and I was wrong about it. I really thought it was because he knew Kawhi Leonard was going to the Lakers. So that's what I thought, that he felt like he was going to have another powerhouse in a sense there, maybe, with him and Kawhi Leonard. But I was wrong about that. And I, I really don't understand the move he made to the Lakers. But it is what it is. He's not doing too good now. So that's my, that's my take about LeBron James. And, um... That's my reasons why I don't like him. You and I've argued with people for this for a long time about why I do not like LeBron James. And you could give me your arguments too. And by telling you that you'd give me your arguments, we would like you here at the Better Fantasy Bureau to please rate us as much as you can, good or bad. Tell us what you think. Tell me what you think about me. I don't mind. Say what you want. Your feedback is important to us. I have one of my my closest friends, Ruben, or Doctor Fernandez, as he likes to be called. He um. He even tells me he's like, no, he doesn't. He doesn't play fantasy football at all, at all. He says it's like a, like a third language to him. Whenever I, I start talking about fantasy football, he has no idea what's going on. 
but he listens to every show, and I really love that support, and I really, really do truly appreciate that support. And not only does he not know about fantasy football, he tells me straight up, he's like, listen, Flex, I love you, man, but you're annoying sometimes. And I get it. I, I, I could be. You know, he even tells me sometimes that I don't let Charlie speak enough, but I've been, he says I've been doing better lately with letting Charlie speak. And hey, I, I know I could overtalk a lot. I know I could be very energetic and it's really hard to match or, you know, just keep up with my energy. I get it. And he's honest about that. And I, and I respect his opinion. I told him, listen, man, I respect your opinion. So we want to we wanna hear your opinions. Tell us. Tell us if, if you like us, if you, did, if you dislike us, what you like about us, what you don't like about us. Tell us. Put it out there. Tell us on Twitter. I don't care. I don't mind. We just want to hear from you. What can we do to make the show better? What have we done to make if we made the show worse? Or whatever it is, let us know what works and what doesn't. We really, truly appreciate that. We want the fans to be as involved in this show as possible because, as we said, we're just everyday fantasy sports players. We're not sports gurus. We're not experts or professionals. I mean, who really can be a professional expert when it comes to fantasy football? Who really can be? You just make your best. You make your best. You know, you take your information. You make your best guesses. Like I said, we got the same questions you guys got. We're just trying to find the best way to answer them possible. Sometimes we're right and sometimes we're not. Speaking again about the basketball, by the way, uh, what happened to Karis LeVert yesterday? Oof. That sucks. That sucks. I mean, the, 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 he was doing so good for the Nets, and I'm not even a Nets fan. And they know, and everybody that else that knows me, listen, I like all New York teams. If the Jets aren't playing the Giants, I want the Jets to win. You know, if the Mets aren't playing the Yankees, I want the Mets to win. The only New York team I do not support is the Nets. You came from Jersey. You only came and you want to represent one borough. Get out of here. That's just my opinion, by the way. But it just sucks what happens uh, to Levert. That really does. And I do and I do feel for the guy. Um, I hope you guys had a really good weekend when it comes to fantasy football. I'll let you know I had a tough weekend. Really bad weekend. Lost all my games. Yes, and this is the guy who's over here giving you fantasy advice. Lost all my games. I didn't like LeSean McCoy this week, and I couldn't play LeSean McCoy. And if I did play LeSean McCoy, I would have won. I had one of those games against my friend Juan, who will be a guest on the show this Friday, by the way. Uh, I had a a matchup with him, and I had, like, the triple whammy. Because, you know, like, every time you lose, there's always, like, that, you know, you like, these three, for the most part, these, like, these three different things that pop up that really make that loss painful like number one like if you say i should have played this guy over him then it's a painful loss but it's like if it's somebody you're really thinking about it's not like um like for example rashad penny last week who did really well he was somebody you probably were not considering playing because he hasn't done well all season mike davis has been doing well even though chris carson was out you still probably didn't trust rashad penny and that's fine but if he was on your bench and he did what he did then you're like, oh, if I would have played him. But that's a little different because you weren't really thinking about playing him anyways. See, like I was thinking about, I was legit thinking about playing LaShawn McCoy over Adrian Peterson. Or, because in my lineup for this team, I had my running backs were Chris, Christian McCaffrey and Aaron Jones. And I had Aaron Jones in my flex and Adrian Peterson as my running back too. And I was really, and I, I even said it last week, how I was worried about Adrian Peterson for good reason. And I was right about it. He didn't do well. But I was thinking, man, should I really play LeSean McCoy against the Jets? The Jets' run defense is not all that great. Because I think Aaron Jones was going to kill. And I said he was going to kill. And he did kill. Thank you, Aaron Jones. And I was thinking about it. 
And I was like, well, what if I play Aaron Jones as an RB2 and I put Amari Cooper in the flex? I didn't play Amari Cooper. I didn't play LeSean McCoy, and I lost. If I would have played any one of them, I would have won. So that hurts. That's the one thing that hurts. Another one that hurts is that it's like if you have such a killer week, you killed. You had like over 150 points. You were actually the second highest scoring team of the week. And you lost to the highest scoring team of the week. That's what happened to me in the same matchup. So there's two. I had the second highest scoring of the week. There's only one other person in that whole week that would have defeated me. And I played against them. And it's been a week where I've been, I have to win. I, I started off really bad. I started off like one and six in that league. And now I'm like right there again to make the playoffs. My, my team's starting to click together. And it's still, it did really good last week, my team. Would have beat everybody else except for Juan. And then I played him. So those are two things that hurt about that week. The third one. So if I would have played LeSean McCoy or Mark Cooper, I would have won. Ah, that hurt. I was the second highest scoring team of the week, and I lost to the number one scoring team, the highest scoring team of the week. Ah, that hurt too. What hurts even more is I lost by decimal points. I was down 23 points, and I had Carson Wentz. That one interception, that's what hurt me. I had 156.6 points to his 160. So a Sunday night game. Just waiting for Carson Wentz to do something for me. And he was, but that one interception hurt me. That's what hurts. That's the triple whammy. That's like every aspect of a hurting loss happens. Right there in that one game. You lose by decimal points. You lose by one interception. You lose by not putting that one player in. And it was a waste of your team doing so well. My team killed. Michael Thomas. Christian McCaffrey. And uh, Aaron Jones. Julian Edelman. Carson Wentz. My team did really well. And uh, what can you say? That's what happens. That's the triple whammies about it. So let you guys know more things about going on right now with the Better Fantasy Bureau. We have a great, fantastic new T-shirt coming out. I really want to talk about it. I really want to tell you guys what it is. But not just yet. I want to show you it first. So we're getting those printed out soon. And then when we get them printed out, we're going to put it out there, and we're going to put it, make it available to you. We're going, to make, we're, going to, we're going to put up a shop online for you to buy your shirts. We're going to have tons of giveaways for these new T-shirts. As far as I'm concerned, nobody took on the Nate DePeterman Challenge, even though Nate DePeterman didn't play. I still left the challenge up there. By the way, Matt, are you happy that Nate DePeterman got released? Speaking to Matt, the guy who runs here at the Podcast Studios right now with us. He's going back. What, you, you're, you're kind of not happy about it? You think you are? <laughs> I would. The dangers of even having him in there, it's like, oh, okay, points to the other team. It's kind of like, all right, so Matt's kind of happy about it, Bill's Mafia. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so even though he was going, I still let the channels to go out there. Um, but, yeah, I've got that fantastic new shirt coming out, and I'm really excited about it. Like, I really can't wait for you guys to, to take a look at that shirt. And like I said, it's going to be all sports-related. It's, it's, it's 
I, I can't talk about it anymore. I'm super, super excited about it. Once again, shout out to my cousin Daniel. Go check out his artwork. Check it out on Instagram, Violent Inc. 13. But Violent is spelled with our last name, Viola. That guy's, it's, it's smart. He's creative, this guy. V I O L A N T, Violent. V I O L A N T underscore Inc. 13. Go, go check him out. He's a fantastic artist. Super young. He's only like 18 years old, my cousin. And, and he's and he's sky's the limit for this kid. So I'm really happy about uh what he's done for us and what he's gonna continue to do for us for the future. Um and yeah, so then moving on now to what's waiver wire worthy. As we do it for every Tuesday show. That's why the main important thing about these Tuesday shows and where to move forward. And like I said about before about Rashad Penny. And his killing week, and I'm sure he's going to be a hot waiver wire pickup. I still wouldn't do it. I, I he had a good week. It's possible that it will continue, but Chris Carson's going to come back next week. Chris Carson's still going to be the lead back for that team, so I don't think he's going to get enough opportunities. Because he's with with his opportunity that he's had already, he's shown that he hasn't done that well, or he's not NFL ready yet. And last week he had the opportunities, and then last week he showed he was NFL ready. But who knows if that's sustainable? Who knows if that's enough for a waiver wire pick? At this stage of the game, these waiver wire picks start running a little thin because you know most of the injuries are already out there. Most of the players are already established. Most of the you know like the positions are already like grounded. So you, it's hard to start finding gold in the you know diamonds in the rough and gold in the waiver wires. When it comes close to the playoff times, like now you're kind of just taking like little dartos because you don't have enough time to wait and see how they develop. You know, um, so with that being said, with Rashad Penny, Mike Davis is also still on the waiver wire, only only 45.7% of leagues. Uh, another guy that you want to look for also, not for nothing, John Ross for the time being, because right now there's another thing too about the waiver wires is you want to find guys who are going to give you those last-minute wins, those last-minute pushes, you know, those couple of wins. Like, you know, if you're, like, in eighth place and only six teams make the playoffs and there's, like, a, you know, five-way tie, you're going to need those last couple of wins to secure your spot in the playoffs, whether you want to make the last spot in the playoffs or you want to make it somewhere in the middle tier. So even if you played John Ross, because now Adam Schefter reported that A.J. Green could be out until December. And if that's the case, Ross had three touchdowns last week with just eight receptions. Wait, was it last week? Wait, he had three touchdowns last week. Yeah, he did. Sorry. So the point is, he, you know, it's him and Tyler Boyd. Those are the main guys that are going to be the pass catchers. Now, Tyler Boyd, oh, man, and what another loss I had to Rich. I just had to say that. I, Jarvis Landry going against the Atlantic Falcons gave me four points. Tyler Boyd going against New Eng- the New England, New Orleans Saints, the team that gives up the most points to wide receivers, gave me nine. I lost by that last-minute touchdown that Sterling Shepard caught yesterday, which, listen, I'm happy my Giants won. I mean, yeah, I'm happy about it. It doesn't really make a difference. Unless they win the next eight, then I'll be happy. Or the next seven now in this case. But whatever the case may be, the point is that I, – I, Two great matchups that really, really, really didn't do anything. If they would have done what they're supposed to do, I would have won this game. Well, they didn't. Of course, whatever. That happens. But John Ross is somebody that you want to look at the waiver wire. Uh, Danny Amendola is another guy that you want to look to. You know, they have they, they had their injuries a lot, especially with the wide receivers. 
And not for nothing, Danny Amendola has kind of seen himself as usable in PPR formats. He's had 41 targets in the past five games. You know, like that, that to me is worthy enough to be rostered in all leagues. He's owning 44% of leagues, so he more than likely probably won't be in your league. But if he is, go get him. As I also did say, I told you guys about before about the people to target. I told you guys to target Carrion Johnson, and he killed. I told you guys to target Aaron Jones, and he killed. Now, if you want to get him, his price is going to be a little too high. I told you guys to go for Larry Fitzgerald. He didn't kill, but he did good for flex considerations, and he has a very good matchup going forward. He has very good matchups going forward. So he's somebody you also want to target. Keep it moving with the waiver wire. Where the Josh Reynolds is somebody that you want to target with your waiver wires. Cooper Cup, unfortunately, tore his ACL out for the season. That sucks. That's unfortunate. But he's somebody that you definitely want to carry now is Josh Reynolds. He's going to be the guy that's going to fill in for his spot. I mean, of course, it's going to be Brandon Cooks and Robert Woods are going to be the main guys. But that's somebody you definitely want to look into. Uh, for you guys also, just to let you know about uh, Julian Edelman's injury, just to give you a little bit more updates. Again, you know, we didn't do the who's hurt. And... Um, Julian Edelman's injury does not seem to be that serious. He says he might not miss any time. They have a bye week coming up this week, the Patriots. So that's a good thing. So give him the bye week to rest up a little bit as the injury is not that serious, and he should be back to play the Jets when he returns. Also, to let you know, the test showed that Lions wide receiver Marvin Jones, ACL and MCL, are intact, but he did sustain a bone bruise, and he will be considered day to day. So uh, also... Sean McDermott said that uh, if John Ash- Josh Allen is healthy, he will come back to the starting lineup, which is most likely going to be the case. And, oh, Martavius Bryant, he suffered another loss. He suffered a possible PCL tear. So that Raiders, you know, so not for nothing, with that being said also, with Jordy Nelson looking to retire soon, Jalen Rashad is definitely somebody you got to go target. He's gonna, him, and, him and Jared Cook are going to be the main pass catchers on that team. You want to go get Jalen Rashad, especially in PPR leagues. He's only 49.8% of leagues, so he's more likely not available in your league. But he's somebody you definitely want to go and get a target. Another guy that a lot of people might be thinking about getting off the waiver wires to is Brandon Marshall, as he is signed for the Saints for one year. Now, I wouldn't do it. He's going to be the fourth option at Best at best, I think he's going to be more like the fifth option, honestly. Because in order, the number one option is going to be Michael Thomas, then Alvin Kamara, and then ben- Benjamin Watson. Fifth, I mean, the fourth option is going to be between Marshall and Trey Quan Smith. So, I, I mean, if you put him as the last one, as like your last waiver wire pick, and then he ends up doing well enough, decent enough, that when it comes to playoffs, maybe you're going to want to play him. All right, that's fine. But I don't think he's going to really be anything real significant or consistent anyways. Deep throws for deeper leagues, if you want to look at. Josh Adam in deeper leagues is somebody you really want to consider. These are guys who are widely available. Now, it's pretty crowded nonetheless in Eagles backfield with Corey Clement and Wendell Smallwood. But Adam's role is growing. It is nonetheless is growing. Right? He had seven carries for 47 yards last week. Now, he, you know, he hasn't been involved too much in the passing game, but because his role is growing, it's possible that his role could continue to grow even more by the time come playoffs, and he could be a significant 
you know, make a significant impact fantasy wise going on to the playoffs. You know, I, I you know, Josh Allen with Josh Adams, Josh Adams has talked about a lot. Did I say Josh Allen before? I don't even know. Charlie's not here to correct me. Miss you, Charlie. Anyways, um, so you know, they talked about him before. They liked him a lot. So he's somebody in deeper leagues that's worth a stash on your bench. He's also somebody that maybe you won't have to waste a waiver wire pick on. If you have a really high waiver wire pick and your league is set up that way where you could wait until next week because, you know, because a lot of leagues is like when you have a waiver wire pick and you're number one, if you use it, you go back to the bottom of the list and then so on and so forth. If you want to wait and keep it until another one, it's like a big, 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 like significant um, waivers available. Like let's say, for instance, like if Isaiah Crowell gets hurt and then you want to use a waiver wire pick on Elijah McGuire. That's fine, something like that, I understand. But Josh Adams is, you know, worth at least the last one to, like, stash on your bench and just to keep him there. But if you don't want to use a waiver wire pick, you may still be able to pick him up Wednesday morning as a free agent. Another person maybe you could be able to pick up as a free agent is Rex Burkhead, not for nothing. Now, it's pretty um, also crowded there with the New England Patriots backfield with James White, Sony Michelle, and Cordero Patterson now. But, hey. It's Rex Burkhead. They always liked him in New England. They always trusted him in New England. He's not going to be available to play till week 13. But still, nonetheless, he's, uh, you know, somebody I think you could grab more as a free agent than anything else. Another person also you want to consider looking into, not for nothing, also is Theo Riddick. Theo Riddick, somebody you want to look into. You know, he's he doesn't get any carries, really, but he gets targeted. He's had 13 catches in the past two games, right? That's, that, that, that's enough fantasy points right there to be flex considerations. And with sometimes with, you know, running backs running a little bit thin and all these injuries and it's hard to find one to play, PPR-wise, Theoretic's not a bad person to have on your bench and a bad consideration. Especially when, you know, it's, it finds itself a situation in the lines where, like, they're playing from behind as they have been. So Theoretic, somebody you want to consider there. Maurice Harris is also somebody else that's only owned in 8.3% of leagues. You know, he caught all five of his catches in Week 10, and he had 52 yards for all five of them. That means that within the past two weeks, he's had 15 receptions and 176 yards. With all these injuries piled up in the, in, you know, on Washington with their offensive line, that means they're going to put more pressure on Alex Smith, and he's got to get the ball out a little quicker. With Chris Thompson having his injuries, he's going to look for Warren Harris because I really thought that this was going to be a gigantic game for Jordan Reed, and it wasn't. It, it, it seems, you know, it's definitely the trend of where Alex Smith and his trust with tight ends is just not there no more. He's not that guy anymore. So I definitely consider Maurice Harris. Not, you know what? I don't, I don't even see him as deep elite considerations. I see him as an all league considerations. Maurice Harris is definitely worth a wave wire pick to me. And those are big ones. So that pretty much just wraps up for the most part for the show that I had today. I had, like I said, it was a different planned show today that I had with uh, Charlie. And one thing I did want to talk about, too, was the, I told you it was a non-football thing. It was a non-sports thing. It was a discussion I had with my wife when I was on my trip in Ecuador. And when I do mean discussion, I really do mean discussion because we asked a bunch of our families for their opinions. And I really want to talk about it. I want to ask Charlie his opinion because he also lives with a woman. But I, I can't say it because it's 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 something I really can't discuss for myself. I want to discuss somebody else. If I was on ESPN or something like that, I'd probably take a phone call about it. 
But it is what it is. We'll talk about it more in the future. We'll see if we get some time maybe this Friday to talk about it. Because I really think I have a really good point and a really good theory when it comes to this. If anybody that's ever lived with a woman would understand this theory. But we'll see how it is, and then we'll talk about it in the future. I guess I'll leave it up as a teaser. Once again, all right, man, you got my outro music for me. All right, party people, once again, that is the All Flex Show. Once again, for the first time at Gotham Podcast Studios. Once again, shout out to Gotham Podcast Studios. You want to start your own podcast, come over here, tell them Flex hit listen to Better Fantasy Bureau sent you. Once again, shout out to Ferg for winning the Saquon Barkley autograph football. We got tons of more giveaways coming up to go on for you. Shout out to Progress, who made the music for this group. And shout out to you, Bureau, for listening to us, for supporting us, for continuing to follow us. Remember, on Twitter, at PodcastBFB, on Instagram, at BFB Podcast. I am your man, 50 Grand Flex Hitlist. Any questions you want, hit me up on Instagram, at FLX Hitlist. Thank you very much, party people. Success nonetheless. See you on this side of the other. Peace.